Tom Bernard Show with Pat Raster, a.k.a. Ralph Toy Basham, MD. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt-Bernard. Cassie Schrader. By the way, for those of you watching on video on YouTube, Ralph is the one that looks like Don Corleone. <laughs> Don Corleone. <laughs> Don Corleone. You can act like a man! <laughs> we'll be right back. Kick things off. There's a bunch of really interesting news today, I'll tell you that. We will be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. <laughs> I believe in America. I believe in American ways. I have good news courtesy of AZ from the chat. What's that? The animals on the Barnum Animal Crackers boxes are no longer in cages. Oh, you're kidding me. Free range animal crackers. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, God. It's I'm not stop. even happy with the fact that the animals are in a box. I yeah. know. Free you, the you crackers. Can bite their heads off. Well, not to mention there's a lion right next to a zebra and a giraffe. Which would not be good. Pretty sure it would kill them right away. Kill, kill them both. The giraffe but, would be a bit nervous. Yeah, maybe that's why they were in anymore. cages, because the lion would kill them all. But I just, I can't I mean, take human beings I mean, people spend their anymore. time worrying about an animal cracker box. Well, it was PETA, of course, but... People spend their time worrying about an animal cracker PETA box. PETA is yep. very oh, strange. Okay. Chris Rock did, also did, he did the, he did the his, his set on, uh, his dad always said, look at all this racist food around here. You know, black olives there in the can. Yeah, <laughs> on the can. You know, you know Cocoa Crisp, they're crazy, for, they're crazy, they're in a box, they're, they're crazy. Because <laughs> I like Cocoa it. Cocoa Puffs. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, yep, absolutely. Crazy. Um, As predicted on this show and the KQ Morning Show well over a month ago, we predicted, and again, I am not not attacking hashtag me too at all. (laughs) Joe from Louisville, so many snowflakes. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, um, so the hashtag me too movement, a lot of... A lot of people came up, and they, as they should have, they filed complaints, they filed lawsuits, and again, I, I agree with that 100%. Then all the stragglers came along claiming that they had been assaulted or, or sexually harassed more than assaulted. Couldn't prove any of it. Uh, we predicted at that time on this show that the next thing to come would be, oh, you're bullying me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I got a tip for you. You cannot sue someone for bullying you. It's not possible. It's unless you're their superior and you can't sue them, you can just maybe get them fired. 
Well, technically, you can sue anyone for anything. Yeah, but you're not going to win. That's the whole problem. You just have to find a sympathetic enough judge. Yeah, well, good luck to you. I got a few no, more important you No, you need, a, you need an empathetic judge, not a sympathetic yeah, judge. Empathetic, a, empathetic yes, one instead of done to them. Did you read anything oh, about yeah. Asia Argento this morning? Yeah, I, yeah we talked oh. about Asia. She, uh, she is part of the hashtag me movement, but on the other side of it. A young boy says that she sexually assaulted him. Well, she originally said she had been assaulted by um, Weinstein. By Weinstein, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Asia Argento. And then an underage boy said she assaulted him on the set. So Anthony Bourdain, who was Asia Argento's boyfriend at the time, gave the kid some money just so he'd go away. Well, so now she's slandering Anthony Bourdain, which is going to put her in even more trouble. Well, he's dead. But he's dead. Yeah, but he is in a state. Yeah, but I think she's saying that he did it just to be nice to me, just to make it go away. So I think that's a compliment to Anthony Bourdain, that he was he was empathetic and sympathetic. Oh, I thought you said he... He paid the other guy off to go away. I thought you said he paid him to accuse her. No, 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 no. He paid the accuser. That's what I said. Well, Instead of accuse her, he paid the accuser. Well, and of course, now she's denying that that had ever happened. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, this is the problem with no due process. You have no idea what that's actually happened. That's the problem. But that's now, right. Miss America now says she was bullied by Gretchen Carlson. I don't know Gretchen Carlson, but I've talked to her several times. She doesn't seem like the bullying type to me. Bullied? I've, I've known her brothers for years. How? Uh, she was lording over her, apparently. Well, in other words, she made her follow the rules. That's what it was. Bullying now is do your job or follow the rules. That's bullying now. So you apparently. bully, you bully, you bully me. Oh, every day, every time you're on he every lords Tuesday. over me. He's, he's lord. He, he's, he, he doesn't make me call him lord, but he lords over me. I get the sense. <laughs> kind of like Lord Thomas. That sounds pretty good, actually. But um, the reason I bring that up is because another woman claimed that she had been bullied. So yeah, Miss America said she was bullied, and now somebody else has come out and said they were bullied. So that's the new. Uh, iteration of this whole thing. And again, I am not downgrading nor downplaying anybody that got sexually assaulted, rape victims, all the rest of it. Oh, that was the other one today. Yeah. She she said... Uh, Who? Um, this young student. I can't remember where it was, but she was talking about something that happened that it's absolutely ridiculous and shouldn't make any difference to anybody. Oh, at a high school, they had a girls' dress code meeting. Mm-hmm. And she complained there were no boys at it. Well, well, it was a girls' dress code meeting. Yeah. See, that's why there were no boys there. If there were boys there, they would all be voting for, you know, short shorts. And, exactly. Yeah. It was protecting the girls by having a girls' a girls' uh, well, yeah. dress code meeting, right? But she complained that there were no there are no boys at it, and therefore it was part of what? Now this is Patriarchy? high school kids. No, much worse than that. Uh, uh, rape culture. You got yeah, of it. Of course. He said it was part of the rape culture. That's that what they're no being taught. <sighs> How crazy is this This is getting? getting to be out of Rape this culture. world with craziness. Now, as the two women in this room, Catherine and Cassie, are here, mm-hmm. wouldn't you, if you had been sexually assaulted, be awfully pissed off at someone saying that a dress code is part of rape culture? Yes, that and would... Good God! Well, there's the school of thought that women should be able to walk around stark naked and not be molested. Or assaulted by men, which... Well, you do all the time, and you've never been molested nor sexually assaulted by me. That's hilarious. It's never happened. What has it? Anyway. You you should be able to do that. But... I agree. And I I agree with that. But it's not the real world. That's right, because there are are hormonal changes in young men and some women that would respond to that that are real things. And and you have to accept that. It's just a reality of human nature. It's a reality of our sexuality, biology, physiology. It's it's a normal thing. And if you don't think you're going, that's going to occur, well, then you're, you you really don't understand the same young guy, young guy walks around West Hollywood with real tight shorts on or real tight, or real tight pants on. He's going to get the same reaction from the guys there. Sure. Good looking guy. It's a normal thing. (laughs) How would you like to act in my movie? And, also, See my swap etchings. some STDs. <laughs> Has anybody ever identified the rape culture? What is the rape culture supposed to be? And I'm just asking. I'm the, not it's the old, it's the old idea of patriarchal society. Well, men, men don't rape their wives, do they? A lot well, of women. Yes, some do. I, they, I, do they do. They have, and they not will ones in the that future. I know. Now, the other thing is, like, look at look at if you look at the if you look at history, and you look at the gentry of uh, Britain. 
You know, they had that thing where they could go to the villages and take the women and have sex with them. And yeah, that was right, like, right. I don't know, right? it was called something. It happened right after or, World War II. It did. Yeah. That's what, Maybe after that. Yes, too. and that sort of carried on into a lot of uh, some religions. Yeah, it's like okay to rape your woman. She's she doesn't well, feel like it. You can take her. And I, it, it just it's it, there is and has been definite societal problems with. I understand that, women. but mm-hmm. what, what is the rape culture of today? That's what I guess. Well, they're I don't just understand. referring basically to any time a woman feels uncomfortable. I think now. Yeah, but it's, well, that's not rape yeah. culture. That well, it's a, why they feel uncomfortable is because it's a rape culture. But well, they want to believe that it's a rape culture. Well, it, and there are a lot of rapes. Uh, believe well, me. I, I understand that. And, and there's a large group of men and women who who, go, who really are uh, believe in that. Now, women women don't want to be raped, but they want to you know sexually abuse men, just like women, men much more so want to sexually abuse women or use women or right. rape them in some way. And you know you define rape in a very broad sense. But I really think that this is a much broader kind of thing. This is like using the word systemic racism. Right, right. It says that there, we have these yes. endemic problems in our society, which are really a result of either the white culture or white men culture. It's white mm-hmm. men, absolutely. You're right. So here's the deal. I was, this ties in nicely. They they tore down the statue of Silent Sam down there in uh, University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think it was North Carolina. No, North Carolina, I think. I, I think that's a really bad idea. They should not tear down any statues. Those statues nowadays are not there to honor anybody. They're there to remind people what these people wanted to happen but didn't happen, right? So tearing down all these statues, here's the problem with that. Oh, well... Protesters knocked it down. Yeah, that's what I they mean. They didn't take it down officially. But what I'm saying is, so you better leave those monkeys. up there because you can ask Jews and Amer- well, Jews throughout <clears throat> the world. There are many, many countries that believe the Holocaust never happened, even though uh, Auschwitz is still there. All, there, it's all still. They think, oh, they just built that later. It never actually happened. Yeah, my dad. My dad saw them with his own eyes. Well, he helped. Yeah, you know, free. So. <laughs> That's uh, what, 18 years old, right? Uh, I think he was 19 by 19 now. 19 years oh, old, and he's freeing death camps, freeing people from death camps at 19 years old. Good God. So all I'm saying is this. You don't want to wipe out the past because what's going to happen eventually when you tear down all the statues, you can wait about 50 years, and they'll claim it never happened. Mm-hmm. They will just claim that, that there never was a Deep South. I don't know what you're talking about. It's always been us. It's always been America. The Deep South is just like everybody else in America. It never was any different. I'm telling you, 50 years from now, they're going to claim it never happened. If you keep tearing down all the signs that it did happen, they do it every time. Hi, I see both sides of the story. I, I understand why people, uh, you know, like if I was a black person and I was walking past a you know, statue in the middle of a square that, mm-hmm. you know, had a known slave owner, racist person. Right. That would make me feel bad. I'd be, I'd be like, I don't like this guy. Why do I have to look at him every day? See, I, I would feel that way. But I'd also go, I think, I can't, you know, can't say exactly how I'd feel, obviously, because I am not black. I, I, look how far we come. I mean, thank God that this guy right. isn't. But, I, you know, mm. and, and I understand about the history, too. It's hard. It's it's hard because I see both. I see both There are sides. several sides. But all I'm saying is if I'm black, I can point to Silent Sam and go, it was people like him that perpetrated violence and death upon my uh, ancestors. Right. That's the guy right there who did this to black people. I think you should leave it alone. I think you should leave it up there because it's standing proof that you did this. We need that. We need proof. And our statues proof. Well, what are they? Gonna, yeah. Maybe just, maybe in the future they just go. Oh, that's just a made-up character. That uh, that guy never even existed. He never even lived. People lie like there's no tomorrow to benefit themselves. It's just unbelievable the benefits uh, there are to lie. Did you see Cher's big? Oh yeah. <laughs> what a joke! What's what, what, that uh, all about? She tried to claim the director of uh, Witches of Eastwick. Uh, had a talk with Jack Nicholson and called her and said, uh, I don't want you around. I don't want you in my movie. I don't like your face. I don't like your hair. I don't like your acting ability. I don't like your singing. I don't like you. Well, I don't think anyone likes her face. So. Well, that's not the point. I now, is loved it? Cher when I there was a girl. There is no yeah, way a director would say that to a so woman. Cool. Uh, no. <laughs> who was going to be in it. And by the way, she was in the movie anyway. 
Yeah. Oh, she was well, in the movie then... anyway. So what the hell? That okay. never yeah. happened. So what I'm wondering is, why is this coming up now? Is she going to do, do the attention. 50th comeback tour? Yeah, What's probably. Happening? Well, she claims that she responded to him... You'll just wait and see who's in your movie, Mother Effer. Well, she's... So she told the whole story to make herself look better. She's, like, literally insane. She is. Look at her uh, Twitter's Twitter account. Why, what she got cooking? I haven't. She's she's going mad dog on us? The words themselves are pretty crazy, but the way that she writes them down is even more crazy. You kind of have to, like, put them both together to really get the whole... Yeah. Her Shebang. Sin, her syntaxes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like randomly capitalized words and emojis all over the place. Every sentence ends in an exclamation point. A lot of words capital, capitalized, all, all letters caps. Yeah. Well, her, yeah. Her stand and, and be yeah. counted or sit and be nothing. Don't litter, chew gum, walk past homeless people without a smile. Doesn't matter in five years. It doesn't matter. There's only love and fear. That's what? that's her. That's her, bio. that's her bio. What? Stand and be counted. Stand and be counted. Or sit and be nothing. Okay. Don't litter. Chew gum. Walk past homeless people without smile. Don't chew gum. I guess not. I thought you said chew gum. Uh, don't litter. These are all things well, not to do. No, these are all don'ts. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Oh, I, I, think, I, I think she's. I thought. Yeah, trying to be brief. Uh, doesn't matter in five years. It doesn't matter. There's only love and fear. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter in five years. So things you don't do doesn't matter. I. <laughs> that's right. Things you don't you do go. doesn't matter. So do whatever you want. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I would add to that list. Don't listen to gypsies, tramps, and thieves. It makes Jude bark. <laughs> he doesn't like. He doesn't like. Whenever it. I sing that song, he always barks. He barks at gypsies, tramps, and yeah. thieves. Yeah. He doesn't like my imitation of Cher. Look, what we're talking about here today, whether it's rape culture, or whether it's uh, you know statues in the South, or whatever it is, people have different opinions. I'm just telling you, be very careful what you're talking about, because it will take a lot of sting. I, I asked the women, uh, Michelle and, and Brittany and Candace, I asked them on the show this morning, does this constant talk about things like like girls' dress codes, uh, that's an indication of rape culture, does that take away some of the importance of talking about the rape culture in the first place? And they all said, yes, it does. Because if, you, if something as trivial as a dress code is referred to as brought on by rape culture, it takes a... Not all this thing out of rape culture as a statement, but they, it just, if you're going to just throw it around like that, I just, I don't know. Uh, we just can't have it. conversations with any rational no, thought any longer. You mean on this show? Ever. Thank you very much. Including this show. We'll be right back in two minutes, Tom <laughs> Bernard Show. <laughs> Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He was here to talk about a great service at an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my buddy, my pal of mine, why do I need this, and why is it cool? We developed the app to compete with the other payment applications across the country. We wanted something that was safe, secure, easy to use, and most of all, free. Say, for example, Alex needs some money, and you want to send her some money. You can do it right away in the payment app and would get into her account without her having to go to the bank. Most convenient for the princess in your life. And the Prince Andy, too, because I wouldn't want the kids having to leave the house to get cash. I wouldn't want that. No, there'd be no sense in that. You'd have to buy the gas then, too. Just like at my house, Tommy. (laughs) They're going to love it. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, celebrating 20 years of providing a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, 
Attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Give me a beat! Why no share? Oh, I'm, I'm not going to acknowledge share. Well, it's got the same beat as Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. This is nasty. Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. Nasty Boys. I know. Nasty Boys is a good song. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very good song. We uh, did point out, however, that the Eagles have passed Michael Jackson's Thriller as the most popular album of all time. Those Their two albums hits. have been battling it out for a long time, though. Yeah, Eagles 71 to 75. It is an amazing album. Every song in there was a huge hit. Yeah, that yeah. that was number one for a while. Yeah. And then Michael Jackson, I died. think he died, yeah, and that brought it back up. And then the Eagles, yeah, I don't oh, know. But part of that was because Glenn Fry died, too. Oh, uh, right. And it's interesting because Thriller and the Eagles' greatest hits, um, certified copies of 47 and 41 million. And then number three is down to 26 million. I know. So those two albums, for some reason, are almost twice as popular They're great albums. as are, any, any other album in the world. Are there any other albums that have, have had that many number one hits on the album? Boy, I, mm. uh, they, they did do a Beatles greatest hits at one, or number Where's one. Dick Clark when you need him. Dick, Dick Clark when you need him. <laughs> I will never forget that he did it. Dick, what are you doing? It's sad. What are you doing, man? you, you got to dial it back. Dick Clark uh, was a billionaire when he died. He knew how to work it, that's for sure. Yeah. He knew how to work the crowd. American Bandstand. Cute little Dick Clark on American Bandstand. You were you're also talking this morning around that same story on the morning show about tattoos. Yeah, what about that's cultural appropriation? It's right. You jumped away from before I could call. You should know. A tattoo. Tattoos did start in Tahiti. And mm-hmm. there are two words in the, uh, in the in, uh, two words. Uh, tattoo is, is tatoué, which is a Tahitian word. Tatoué, uh, okay. Tattoo, okay. But the other one is the word used for someone getting a tattoo. And that's the fool. Victim. Victim. Ah. Victim is, is the person getting A tattoo getting it. and a victim. That's a victim. Right. I love that. That's right. We're talking about cultural appropriation. Uh, there's a chef in England. I can't remember his name. Jamie Oliver, I think his yeah, name yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman started screaming at him because he put out this thing called crunchy jerk chicken or jerk rice. Uh, crispy, crispy jerk rice, right? She was all pissed off at him and said he should be punished for cultural appropriation of Asian food. Asian Mm-hmm. Oh, no, did you mean Jamaican? Oh, I was going to say. Not Asian, sorry, Jamaican. Yeah, food. Asians don't do a lot of jerk. No, they don't do a lot of jerk. Sure. Yeah. But here's the problem I have. So do you have a tattoo? Because if you have one, you broke the cultural appropriation right. yeah. law. It's a, it's a Tahitian thing. Yeah. And then the Maoris were the first ones to get face tattoos, I believe. Did the uh, Tahitians well, didn't I have mean, face tattoos, did they? No, people no, were probably I've seen one with them. People were probably getting tattoos in 10,000 B.C., and we'll never know about it. But... Captain Cook, and was it Captain Cook? One of the one of the one of the uh, British people who who discovered Tahiti and right. was Captain Cook. That's who yeah, brought that's it back. Right. Those sailors got, the, and that's who right. brought it back. And popular right. saying it was from Tahiti, but certainly it's a Polynesian kind of a thing. Marking it's cultural pro- <laughs> appropriation. Uh, and by the way, if you do believe in cultural appropriation and you're not uh, Western European. Stop driving your car. Stop watching television. Stop going to the movies. Don't turn your lights on in your house. I can keep going if you want. Don't use your telephone because those were all Western European people that invented or perfected all of that. I mean, that's like saying on St. Patrick's Day, if you're not Irish, you can't participate. <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? If you're drinking a beer on you can't have St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. You're not Irish. A green beer. That's my culture. You know, it's If stupid. I can't go to Dublin and order an Irish car bomb, then I don't want to. You're damn right. Then I don't even want to take part in any of it. Didn't someone you know do that? Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah. Do what? Um, they went. They were in Ireland and ordered an Irish car bomb. I oh. think it was and this John was, Hines. This I'm was not like sure. during the troubles, and because <laughs> his brother, I mean, his brother, his son lives in Ireland. Yeah, they weren't happy that. about it. I'm I guessing he might have had a few pints at the pub before he said well, that. Oh, maybe. Maybe a couple of pints. So, in closing <laughs> on that that whole statement, when does it get away from honoring a culture 
and turn into cultural appropriation. Never. Yeah. yeah. It's when I say it. It's when I say it. It'll Literally happen when I say when. it happens. I, I would say this. I told people, uh, all people in the world who are not from France or Italy or Switzerland do not ever wear pants again <laughs> because they invented pants. And that's just a fact. You can wear, you know, skirts all you want because they were all around the world. But uh, uh, denim means uh, from, demi. From, from Neem. From, from yeah, Neem. from France. Denim, oh, yeah. Interesting. Of, of Neem. That's where denim comes from. Now, uh, dungri is an Indian word for rough or coarse fabric, I guess. Mm-hmm. So dungarees, uh, rough fabric, which is denim. That's where that came from. But once again, Isara, you can't wear jeans. Unless you're Italian, Swiss, or French, I, you can't wear jeans. They're, you're appropriating my culture. I just don't understand. Because I remember in school, and we would learn about other cultures. And we would do, I remember we would right, go on this. Right, was great. Sh- well, yeah, and we would even do this, um, not really a concert or anything, but we would, all the kids would get assigned a country. And we had to address. We had to dress up like that country, Ooh. like you know, whatever oh. they're, you know. And we would have to like kind You're of demonstrate. You're part of the problem, Cassie. Well, I mean, it's there like go, that Cassie. was really cool to learn. Cassie, you didn't go blackface, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> Thank God. I, you know, honestly, I think I had like Switzerland or something. Oh yeah, like that. Switzerland. Well, so you wore you wore jeans. That's good. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. It's just back when I was a kid, they wanted you to immerse yourself in other cultures I and did. learn. I I talk all the time about how proud I am and happy I was to grow up in the Catholic culture, the Protestant culture, the black culture, and the Jewish culture. I I was very happy to have known all that stuff. Yeah, and it's very confusing, I think, especially to today's youth, because they want you to accept other cultures, but not learn about them. Well, what happens when you don't know about (laughs) something? Exactly. You fear it if you don't understand. And that's where you get in that um, animosity and... Hatred towards and it's true because you don't know. And so. as as you mature and as you evolve, mm-hmm. and I want to be super evolved, super, super, super evolved. You want to go. You learn about cultures, then you want to pick all the good stuff out of those cultures and incorporate it into your, and then just leave the bad stuff behind, like the mm-hmm. Borg. Yeah, like that's right, yes. like the Borg. Yes. Pick the good stuff, leave the bad stuff. But if you look around the world, uh, if you think about it. Uh, India, they, 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 uh, the Mahatma Gandhi, he, he, he had that mm-hmm. sort of this thing you wrap around. It was a right. piece of cloth you wrap around. Yep. The guys at the Hajj right now, they walk uh, walk in Mecca. They have all the the long uh, dirt. Uh, they do. Around it with this sort of a well, code, it's at Mecca code. and at U.S. Bank Stadium. Don't forget <laughs> that, that. there too. U.S. Bank Stadium has the, there's an Eid celebration there today. Oh, yeah, oh. I thought the Eid oh, yeah. was fifteenth. I think it's a. Good- you can look it up. U.S. Bank Stadium. It's either today or tomorrow. What's well, three oh, days? Yeah, the Ides yeah. of March was March fifteenth. No, so. no, the Ide. No, E-I-D. the Muslim. Ide isn't the. Oh, this is, this is the I start. We determined that it wasn't pronounced Ide. This is the start oh, of the ecumenical holiday season. Mm-hmm. It yes. starts now. Yes. Yes. Okay, we got Labor Day. We got our we got our uh, communist holiday next next thing. Then you, then, then you have uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. They come up right along in there. We might get a uh, you know we might get a uh, 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 Ramadan kind of month. That was November a couple of years ago. Man, you you start running the holidays. We got holidays running all the way through the first of the year. That's pronounced Eid. That's brown seed. Oh, yes. Isn't that what they had at the? the mall? They used March. to have it at the Mall of America. Yes, they did. Right. No, oh, they moved it to U.S. Bank. It's at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's okay. a huge celebration. Is it today or tomorrow? Uh, it's today. Eid al Fitr. Eid al Fitr. Yeah, e- Eid al Fitr. There's an Eid celebration after uh, Ramadan as well. So the last day of Ramadan, mm-hmm. that's when you can eat and you have this celebration. That's a, but this is related to is the. the, the uh, Mecca and the uh, the pilgrimage to Mecca. Which oh, is here now. we go. Yeah, twenty first of August is Eid al Adha, the festival of sacrifice. That's today. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is That's you today. are supposed to sacrifice a ram to Abraham. Uh, by the way, they will not be sacrificing animals at the U.S. Bank Stadium because that was asked. Are you well, guys going to think you're going to slaughter animals? <laughs> it ain't happening. So they're not going to slaughter any animals at U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, it was, it's um, commemorating when God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. son. Yeah. God son. said, you got to be putting me and on. And said, just Joshin. No. Bob what? Dylan. What? What? No, you got to be putting me on. God, Bob Dylan was a great lyricist. Fantastic. Um, 
So, yeah, uh, well, you just reminded me, talking about, you know, the ecumenical uh, season. Uh, Pat Miles once told me a story uh, that uh, either she was part of the phone call, I think she was part of the phone call, but they were trying to get a hold of, like, Alan Goldstein at the uh, CBS offices in, in Los Angeles. So they said, hey, let's get on the phone together and call. And so Pat Miles is listening, and the guy says, yeah, um, I'm trying to track down Alan Goldstein. Um, and the guy who answered the phone said, uh, Alan's not here today, it's Rosh Hashanah. And the guy said, well, Rush, I wonder if you could help. He thought the guy's name was Rosh Hashanah. Oh <laughs> Pat Miles told me that story years ago. <laughs> That's funny. Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, I, I That's was, my name. <laughs> I was introduced to the Jewish, <laughs> the Jewish culture when I was young, too, because my grandma's best friend, Gert, was Jewish, but yet she would spend all every Christmas Thanksgiving oh, yeah. with us. Of course. Yeah, she loved it. and she would spend the night and be with us Christmas morning when we'd open our gifts. It's and, wonderful. But um then I found out I'm Jewish, part Jewish. So I thought that was so I'm gonna learn I'm gonna le- kinda delve more into it and yeah, learn. Yeah, you're gonna t- celebrate being Jewish as you take off more holidays. No, I won't I take see off it more. Coming. I, I can see it coming now. Here it comes. That's exactly right. Yeah, I'm part. I'm part this. I'm part that. No, I yeah, found out I'm my, them all up. my real uh, great grandparents are buried in a Jewish cemetery in Queens, Queens, New York. New York. Got yeah. to go. I know. Yeah, well, you, you would never go. know that by your accent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's for well, sure. you, have you seen my grandparents? They're buried in some Jewish cemetery here in Queens. <laughs> yeah. Can you point yeah, me to the right be direction? They'd be like, "Where are you from? Are you from Sweden directly, honey?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I guess that is the hardest accent to replicate because when they were doing Fargo, mm-hmm. a lot of actors couldn't do that accent. Oh. It's a hard accent to do. It really is. I know. Well, it comes natural to me. Right. If I, if yeah, I spend, yeah, I spend I any time that. with my uh, my family down in Vesely in New Prague, mm-hmm. then I can ah, then old. I can do it. Oh it, no, it's much. It's a oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And all of a sudden I'm going oh yeah. Like, what is wrong? Is it just their voice is an octave higher? Is that what you're... That's all it's it is to it? unbelievable. My, my favorite are the women at church, the ones that do all the brunches and oh, lunches yeah. and yep. stuff at church. They have the thickest, especially at Lutheran churches. <laughs> They have the th- maybe that's where I got it from. It I- is. <laughs> it is. Yep, well, it's weird because my mom was from the South, so she had a Southern accent. And there are some words I say more in a Southern way. Oh. I don't like know which I, I haven't picked up on that yet. I, well. Well, I can't well. think of any right well. now because it, it just kind of naturally happens. I don't notice it. But Dave's always picking uh, out my accent. For, he, he'll start and then he'll mock me. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> I and he'll, he's what like, what's your yeah. guys' favorite foods? <laughs> what'd you say? Yeah. What's your guys' huh? favorite foods? <laughs> yeah, I know. Some people look at me and they're like, where are you from? And I, I say Minnesota, and they're like, isn't that part of Canada? I'm like, no, it's not. People thought I was I Can- just, Canadian all the time when yeah. I was a kid, yeah. and we'd travel. Yeah, there, we, we did get that a lot. My Canadian. a lot less. It's basically does, yeah. barely exists compared to when I was a kid. Yeah, now. you definitely picked up some stuff just oh, from, from living school, out yeah. in Rogers. I sure did, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Fung. We still have uh, the recording of it. We're talking to a sheriff somewhere up north, Thief River Falls. I think it was Thief River Falls. The sheriff of Ottertail County or whatever it was. I don't Uh remember. But I asked him, well, is this part of that bigger problem they're having in, you know, wherever? And he goes... No. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> God, it was like 10 seconds long. No. Yeah. We have a tendency to over enunciate our vowels. <laughs> it was just fantastic, though. No. What's well, so funny okay. because they do Thank that you. actually on the East Coast as well. They over enunciate vowels, but just in yeah, a different do. way. Yeah. They're like. Uh, they do. They, they, but they just, we, we do the. Uh, O's and the A's more, and they mm-hmm. do like the I's and the E's more. Which is I still don't understand what wicked good means. Wicked good. Oh, that food is wicked good. It just means it's just <laughs> wicked good. Very. It, it, yeah, very, very good. Yeah. It means yeah. very good. I know, but wicked good. Yeah, it's just one of those things that just kind of happens. So, I mean, now like on the East Coast, I can tell an East Coast Southern accent different 
from a Texas Southern accent. Oh, sure. Oh, God, yeah. I can Absolutely. tell, you know, and, and I think a lot of, like, especially, like, the Carolinas, Georgia, they have, the, if you listen to the dialect and their Southern accent, you can tell it's Irish. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. If you, you can. If you, I, I'm very good at, I love, like, auditory stuff, so I'm very good at picking thing, little things out that other people don't hear. And so, like, when I'm, that's how they get that, their uh, Southern dialect is different than a texas Mm -hmm. southern one because there's a lot of irish in there yeah so it's like i love that kind of stuff looking and listening to different things like that we will take a break be right back in two minutes uh ralph have you heard the uh al sharpton audio oh Oh, god tee it up up. (laughs) don't tip them off we'll be right back in two minutes ralph's gonna hear al sharpton and tom bernard show John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because, you know, they've got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure they have internet order entry and real-time tracking you know i had priority courier experts account rep in here about a month ago and who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the twin cities largest most reliable on-call courier service what's that number because the next package is going with priority courier experts already dialing 651-748-4477 priority courier experts can we help you can you ever priority courier experts every time you call us we deliver Tony Price from the Gold Star Ride Foundation here. I wanted to share a story from the road. Since you already know about Gold Star families being those left behind when somebody's killed in the military, and you already know those people died for your freedom. So I woke up in a cheap motel somewhere in the mountains, and I shared stories with the manager. As I was leaving, a maid who had been listening, and her name is Shorty, ran out to ask me if she could donate. I said yes, and I tried to donate $30 with a credit card. It didn't work, and we made arrangements to meet at a coffee shop a block away after she went to an ATM. I got coffee and invited the people at the coffee shop to talk on our documentary, which they agreed to do. Then they made me pay for the coffee. It wasn't much, but still, when I turned around, there was the maid, Shorty, who handed me a $20 bill saying she couldn't donate 30 because she only had 20 Made me feel sorry for the young women in the coffee shop who couldn't come up with $4 for my coffee. Thank you, Shorty. Goldstarride.org. No, no, no. I found out today because of... Oh, did you hear what Madonna did talking about Aretha Franklin? Oh, barf. At the VMA Awards, the MTV Awards last night, she showed up to do a a tribute to Aretha Louise Franklin. So we found out her initials were ELF, just like the little puppet, (laughs) ALF. But she was dressed head to toe... In African tribal garb. Oh, oh God, God, God! You got to look now at the picture. Now that's cultural appropriation. It would be. And by the way, only in certain parts did she remember she has a British accent. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. She's yeah a so disaster. when I was talking to people, it was just wonderful. Just, she's got what? an identity complex. Oh, she does. She's did nuts, she move dude. to Africa? No, I don't I think so. I thought she moved again. And do you see your picture? Yeah. Look at that picture, did, Cassie. Did Aretha Franklin oh ever dress God. in African no. garb? Ever? No. no. I mean, I she know. looks ridiculous. Aretha was American, not African. She's from Detroit. So I don't know why African garb would make any sense. Because she couldn't dress in blackface. Mm. Well, that's probably true. Yeah, she, she probably would have dressed in black dress. She was in black dress. Yeah, why are they picking Madonna to do? Tri- she did I a tribute know. to Prince, and it was horrible. Yeah, she's horrendous. Ugh! Why her? Why didn't they have get like Jennifer Hudson to come yeah, out? Good. You know, that'd and sing good. something. Probably playing the movie. A re- I mean, that's something more closer than Madonna doing something in an Madonna honor. Madonna did a thing for Prince. Yes, when he oh. got. Yeah, she even, even wore, like, a Prince outfit with the ruffly shirt. Oh, and God. she tried to sing Purple Rain, I think yeah, it was, she's and got it was the horrendous. And she's pushing hey, herself on her. On you that. try to sing Purple Rain with a British accent. Ugh. See how you make out. What a fraud. Yes, I was talking about Aretha just the other night. <laughs> she doesn't slip in and out of her British accent. Like, what are you doing? So, 
Uh, one thing that shocked me about Al Sharpton, and I, I had no idea this is true, Al Sharpton's only 63 years old. Yeah. Whoa. He looks like he's 80. Yeah, when, when he lost all that weight, he that's when he really weight, yeah. aged. Yeah, it's a little suspicious when you lose that much weight all of a sudden well, I thought at he, his age. He, everyone oh. said he had the gastric bypass surgery, but he denied it. He said yeah. it was just like eating healthier or something. But yeah. I mean, he lost that weight fast. That really, was, yeah, really yeah, fast. He had, bypass, he, had, he had some sort of bypass. Okay. Yeah. And he's got it queued up just for That's Ralphie right, Boy right, and anybody right, who weren't who wasn't listening yesterday. This is <laughs> Al Sharpton doing a tribute to Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Words of my late friend Aretha Franklin show some R E S P I C T. Okay. Wrong. R E S P I C T. How many times have you heard her sing that song? Can and she very clearly says R E S P E C T. She says it very clearly. I know. I would totally have gotten on camera and said, Can you please use that word in a sentence? Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, show me some respect. <laughs> so I wonder how close a friend she really was. Uh, not at all. Aretha didn't play all that stuff. She didn't. She yeah. was great. I mean, she was a very, very generous woman. Helped mm-hmm. out everybody that she possibly could. Loved. I still think she was the best singer ever born. Yes. Yeah, she really never aligned hers. I mean, she was, she did, wasn't, didn't she sing at the inaugural for President Obama? I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. She and Patti LaBelle. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's something that's appropriate because he yeah, was the first African-American president. Yeah. president. She's been such a huge... Um, icon in the African American community, being coming from Detroit and yep. all that. So, yep. but yeah, she's really never come out and you know like bashed any one party or president no. or anything like that. No. So I, I've never heard it anyway. But R E S P I C T, Ralph. <laughs> R E S P I C T. Don't you forget Respiked it. Respiked me. Respiked me. I, I, and Tom Austin reminded me that so many of the Motown people came from the same neighborhood. Yeah, they did. I, I didn't realize. That. Yeah, they did. I was uh man I you talk about a great label Motown and all the other labels that, that popped up Aretha was on Atlantic Records if I remember correctly Aretha yeah she was on Atlantic I'm almost certain because uh Ahmet Erdogan they called him Erdogan in America but apparently his name is Ahmet Erdogan like the guy in Turkey yeah he's Turkish but I think Ahmet Erdogan is the one who uh who enticed uh well, he showed Aretha some respect, and uh, it really paid off in the end. So, you know, that's good. That's a good thing right there. Each year, Purdue University's annual Boiler Gold Rush, the, the Boiler Makers, of course, Purdue University Boiler Makers, the Boiler Gold Rush uh, event serves as a week-long introduction to campus for un, uh, incoming freshmen and a way for the newest Boiler Makers to forge long-lasting bonds while learning their way around. But this year, the event ended with thousands of students bonding together in opposition to a comedian accused of sexually harassing a student leader in front of more than 7,000 of her peers. And the university vowing to never associate with him again. On Saturday night, a comedian performed as part of our BGR student orientation closing session. Purdue officials said in a statement provided to Indy Star, accounts differ as to what exactly happened on stage, but some portions of the performance were clearly inappropriate and contrary to university's values of respect. Respect. They misspelled it. They have an R-E-S-P-E-C-T oh. here. If they it's can't misspelled. even remember what he said, then it can't have been that bad. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, we will not work with this comedian again and are proud of our students who are standing up and voicing their concerns about the performance. The comedian referred to the university statement uh, referred to in the statement is Andy Gross, a ventriloquist and illusionist known for his touring show and YouTube channel that has amassed millions of views. Students in attendance, including freshman Andorra Fess of San Francisco, said Gross's show was unfunny and distasteful throughout, but it took a troubling turn for the worse when he called a student up to stage to serve as a volunteer. He brought up one of our supers, which is a leader in our BGR orientation program. He proceeded to harass her, Fess explained. He made her stand closer and closer to him and made a joke about that, giving him an erection and making his pants seem to say, let me out, referring to his genitals. Yeah, let's probably not do that, <laughs> shall we, at an orientation? Yeah. That, yeah sorry, Andy, yeah, but that's... Cross the line. That yeah. is very tacky. That's tacky. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I'd condemn him to death or anything, but... Well, but thank God he didn't make any jokes about underage drinking, which... Uh, oh, that, that never happens. happens. That never happens. No, no, that never happens. 
Uh, Gross's Wikipedia page was also altered to include the incident, and the following paragraph was added to his bio on Sunday. On the 18th of August, 2018, Andy Gross was invited to perform in front of a group of incoming freshmen at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. During the course of the event, he engaged in questionable behavior on stage that prompted several students to walk out. 7,000 students walked out. Jesus. Said questionable jokes. Uh, You don't say jokes. You tell jokes. I'm going to say some jokes now. Yeah, I'm going to say some jokes for you, (laughs) Uh, including sexually suggestive comments. Yeah, I would say my pants are fighting to let me out. Yes, I would say that's suggestive. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Let me see, what is your card? The three of hearts. There you have it. I was only off by two, but that was darn close. All right, I know what you're thinking, Julia. You're thinking that this was your card that I drew. What I said was, I said I drew Julia's card. I didn't say that this was Julia's card. Wow, what a horrible video. That was the whole thing. I thought they were going to include some of his comments, but... But it didn't? No. Good job, Washington Post. Well, the Washington Post. Yeah. It's and owned many, by Bezos, what does that yeah. tell you? And how many students would have walked out if Bobby Slayton had been there? Oh, God. <laughs> Who would have walked in in the first place? No. Is Bobby, somebody told me Bobby's touring again because his, his wife died. She got killed by a car. I yeah. know. Oh, but he's back. Well, it takes time to get over that. Oh, no, God, I, yes. And he loved his wife. He did. She got hit by a car where? In, like, Jamaica or something? Mexico, I thought. Oh, in Mexico. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's terrible. Bobby Slayton, a wonderful guy. You'd love him if you knew him. Who he is on stage is not who he is in real life. And people have to understand that, you know, Gilbert Gottfried doesn't act like that when he's not on stage. He doesn't go on the car, I'm trying to catch a taxi. (laughs) You know, he doesn't do that. You understand that there is a character piece to what most people who are on stage. There's a, no char- doubt. That's a character that they do. And no one wants to accept that thing that they're like that. He lo- uh, Bobby Slayton loved his wife. Yep. And was it Dana Gould? No, who was it? So one comedian said that he had spent a lot of time with him. He cooked dinner for his wife every night. Every Bobby night. Bobby Slayton. Yeah, he did. Yep. He made dinner for her every night. It, was, it probably was Dana Gould. I love yeah. Dana Gould. Oh, yeah. Stand against evil if you watch it this year. <laughs> no, not this year. Like, oh, Apparently. Oh, God. She had pneumonia for five days and then was discharged to a nursing facility, but then had to be taken back to a hospital and then died there. So she didn't get hit by a car? Uh, Maybe that had to do with part of it, but it seems like the cause of death was pneumonia. Well, but somebody very close to it told me that she got hit by a car. Well, because didn't he he sued somebody I know over her death? I do know he's that. Suing the hospital. Oh, he is suing the hospital. Well, in two thousand something, he did. I don't really oh, man. know. That's but. a tough road to hoe because he uh, he is honestly one of the nicest men you'd ever know. And and to tell you the truth, no, yeah, they settled in November twenty seventeen. Oh, okay, so they just settled. He claimed the doctors did not properly diagnose her pneumonia. So oh, there you go. So yeah, it was pneumonia. It wasn't a car. Well, why did he say it was a car that hit her? Maybe the car punctured a lung or something, and Maybe. that yeah, well, she could have, had, or she could have had, uh, rib fractures. She yeah, had, that's uh, true. She, she could have had a problem like that, and then she had atelectasis and pneumonia. And blah, 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 blah. Not Gaskin. a good thing. Hmm. But I, I would say this to people: um, you know those people on television and on the radio who do the news, and it sounds very, very serious. That's not really them. They're playing a role. It is them, but it's a much bigger version of them. And what they do when they're on the news is they put forth, and I'm not criticizing this, it's, just, it's their job to do it, to put forth an authoritarian kind of aura. Well, I don't know how many times I've heard people talk about how the first time they heard Don Shelby on our show, they were shocked because he was so different from his on-air personality. You mean his filthy mouth? Uh, yeah. He went from Mr. Newsman to... Oh, he was yeah. enjoying being able to he say that really, Oppenheimer. He really was. <laughs> oh, God, he, he was dropping it. it every other word. Oh, my. He did. For a while there, I was like, okay, let's just calm down. Well, JB told us on Friday that uh, Don Shelby went on Pat Royce's show. And I, I don't know if Sue Sherry oh, yeah, was on yeah. at that time. I think he was. But he said he, they were... Don, Don and Pat were very, very nice. They were talking about me i guess on this show on the kq morning show and they were very complimentary but tom said don't kid yourself tom is hoping and praying for his show to be canceled someday (laughs) (laughs) that's not very nice don 
No, I love Don Shelby. He's a great guy. <laughs> if they cancel the show, do you get severance? Yes. Wow. Well, I don't because I'm oh, a private contractor. I was going to say. No, yeah, 33 years of severance, that'd be pretty good. That would you be owe me five good. years of pay. Cough up. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, when I lose my job, I'm sure that Matt will sue him anyway. So it doesn't matter one way or the other. On your behalf. Uh, no, I, I, no, I don't get any of that stuff like that. Oh, listen to this. I almost pooped myself when I heard Shelby swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought that yeah, very that thing. that was very interesting. But, yeah, I mean, it's if you're in media of any kind, that's not really you. I mean, it's you at the base, but it's a hell of a lot bigger version of you. Like, I don't sit around with Catherine at home and go, Oh, my God, did you see this in the news? Well, maybe I do. She's hey, looking at me like I do. You totally do. Never mind. No, you sound like Lindsay. <laughs> yes, I am that really. nuts. Yeah. Tom's absolutely crazy. Thanks for listening today. <laughs> That's really nice, Catherine. Thanks, Thanks for the support. Really nice. I have not said a word. Thanks for all your support. You're stabbing me in the back. You know, don't worry about it. You got to uh, do it in the Minnesota accent. Oh, Tom, oh, you're crazy. Oh, Tom, you're crazy. <laughs> you're oh, so crazy. <laughs> No, I can't. It's a hard. It is a hard accent to do, and I hear it all the time. Come on, just you go up an octave, and yeah. boom, you're into yeah, you it. Yeah, you got to go up an octave, definitely. You know, one reason I love having Michelle Defoy on the morning show, and she used to be on this show before she joined the KQ Morning Show, and she was fun and then on we here too. Kicked her off of this one. Yeah, we gave her the boot. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I talked to her about the fact that I was very depressed when I was 16 years old. Uh, what I, I I made a point that I'm really afraid of hip hop and rap because it's getting more and more. N- Okay. Unhuman, yeah. not angry. human, but it's not only angry, but it's ah, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, there's no just, emotion just making, in it at all. Yeah, they're just mumbling out sounds, and I think it's it scares the hell out of me that the music that's popular right now is very mechanical. There's nothing human about it. Hmm. That's very frightening. I went down the street the other this post Malone. You know who Post Malone no. is. No, I think he's a honky. I'm not sure, but he's he's got the braids. <laughs> he is. He's got the braids, and he's got. He looks all, like he smells horrible. Every, <laughs> he does look like he smells horrible. He does. Every tooth in his mouth is gold. Uh, all of his gross. teeth are gold. So that's fancy. a little. That's a little cultural. Could you play a little post Malone, Andy, from when he was playing with Aerosmith? Oh, with Aerosmith? Yeah, that it's Aerosmith. It is the most mechanical, non-human sound I've ever... And that scares me. The kids like that, and... Kids like literally anything. They don't sing along to it. They just go... Well, that's Uh, attractive. I got something. Well, let's hear it. Maybe it'll deliver what I'm talking about. Well... You see how mechanical that sounds? Yeah, that is what he's doing. Listen to that. I mean, and by the way, he did the one he did with Aerosmith was not, didn't have that much variation in his voice. It was just it was just horrendous. Well, that's what auto tune. Well, his high yeah, his high note, the one high note that he hits is auto tune. He has two notes. He doesn't have. He can't sing. No, he can't. But <laughs> it just bothers me. And she, she, she was. She said, "You, you were depressed at 16." Because I said I listened to "What's Going On," the album that Marvin Gaye had just put out, and you know what's going on in the world, and you know, just very emotional, great singing, all the rest of it. Because I was very depressed. She said, "You, what were you depressed about at 16?" I said, "Because my youth was over." She said, "You realize at 16 your youth was over?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, I did." Don't most people? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you get a job? Your first job. Right, exactly. Son of a bitch, I have to answer to somebody else. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show.